Hey everybody, welcome back to Up The Vibe. And today I have returning guests, Paul and Cyan, to, to continue our discussion on the Zetas. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hi. G'day Joe, how's it going? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, good. we're good. <laughs> well, welcome back. I wonder if you could start by giving a quick introduction for those who may have listened to, not listened to the first one and also maybe talk a bit about what you've been up to since we last spoke. Okay, well, um, we've been mediums a long time and we work uh, with spirit people mm-hmm. and we also have very good contact with the Zetas and um, we've evidenced our contact multiple times. We uh, work with a lot of people that have experiences. A lot of those people um, are seeking to understand um, or resolve their contact as well. And so we do spend a lot of time talking to people as well. So um, a lot of our day is based around um, supporting and helping other people. Yeah, and, that, and that's pretty much what we've been up to that's since we last spoke to you. To. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I saw you recently on um, a podcast with Grant Cameron, though, as well. So you have been continuing to, to do podcasts yeah. and, and do interviews and things. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if we could start on talking a little bit about um, the agendas that are being talked about, um, in particular with the Greys. Um, so I first heard about uh, the Zetas or beings from Zeta Ridiculi when um, uh, we heard about Bob Lazar and George Knapp and back in the, back in the day. And there was um, a lot of talk then about the Greys having a quite a nefarious agenda for planet Earth. But uh, having spoken to you, and also um, given that Stephen Greer says you shouldn't have speciesism, as he calls it, as in if you hear the word Grey or Zeta Ridiculi, you shouldn't jump to conclusions. And I'm sure, just like on Earth, there are good and bad Greys, good and bad beings on Zeta Ridiculi. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the the various agendas from from the Zetas and uh, a bit about maybe the agendas of the beings you've been talking to and communicating with. Okay, well, there's basically 63 races that belong to the grey species. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the problem is with uh, any type of interaction between extraterrestrials and humans, y- humans are on the back foot for a start because what they're looking at is the phenomenon. They see the phenomenon going on around them. So they're being contacted. They may have paranormal activity, mm. these sorts of things. They, but they can't see what's going on behind the phenomenon. And, and that's the problem. And I think that the beings themselves are also having a problem with the phenomenon themselves. So when they're working with humans, they're seeing humans through a, a, another lens. You know? uh, at some point, we've got to come into the middle of all this, there has to be some level of contact protocol that's got to take place. The Zetas are looking at how to develop a contact protocol that will encapsulate all of the people that uh, it's related to. So rather than just, you know, a contact protocol for, you know, one or two or 10 people, what is a contact protocol for the planet and for the people that are being contacted? The the Zetas um, understand that there are, yeah, um, people that believe that they are up to no good. And, and I can understand that because people would say, well, you know, they're coming into our house and, you know, they're taking us and we're being contacted and all these things. But if we understand that we take our children to the doctors, they get a needle and, you know, it may be painful for the child at that point. It's, um, 
something that the child wouldn't recognise as being uh, potentially good for them. But it's only when they're older that they realise that the parent was looking after them. So a lot of the contact that's happening with people is happening because those people have uh, some level of contact with extraterrestrials. That's, that's one of the first things. Um, of course, there is a race, and there are other races as well, that don't particularly care about humans too much. And they look at the behaviour of humans on a daily basis. And I'm suggesting that they would be thinking, well, what, why should uh, we treat them any better than they treat their own people on their own planet, uh, their own livestock on their own planet? Look at the current situation that we have on this planet. And so humans are very interesting because their expectation is that a race will you know, be of a much higher uh, vibration, a much higher level of consciousness. But there are races out there that aren't. And they would be um, treating humans the way that humans treat each other. So, so I, I find it a bit amusing that um, uh, humans will expect that they'll be treated differently than the way that they treat each other. What, what do you think about that, Joe? No, I, I, I agree to extent. I feel like there's, um, there's some beings that are treating us like in a, in a kindergarten or, or primary school, if you would like, uh, mm. the, to try and teach us and to try and give us care whilst we trip over and fall, you know, and uh, learn from our mistakes and move forward. And there are other beings that are treating us like we treat animals in a farm um, as a resource. And, um, and I, I believe that it could be that the greys are in both, both camps in terms of how, how we're being treated. Um, so, I will speak to that. I will speak to that. So remember, I said there were sixty-three races and yeah. other species. There are one race that we we call, just call them the abductors because they don't abide by free will, whereas the Zetas do. The Zetas always um, ask permission to perform um, certain procedures with people, but the abductors don't. And what's happened with those beings is they're actually not part of the collective consciousness of the uh, race of the Zetas anyway. Um, that's been a real issue. It's like having you know, a country that's, that's actually at war with itself, uh, fighting within itself. You can't get a consensus reality. You can't get a consensus opinion when there's you know, sort of a disagreement between a race. They're trying to work with that because as you've seen yourself, there's a lot of uh, disclosure around UAP, uh, USO, uh, Congress, all these sorts of things. And so uh, the races themselves are going, well, we need to somehow build some sort of consensus where we're able to, uh, at some point, disclose to these humans and uh, present uh, disclosure in a way that they'll understand. This is becoming a big issue. Mm. I think it's also worth um, bearing in mind how... Uh, extraterrestrial races perceive humans and what we class as animals mm. on this planet they don't see humans and what we call animals they just see a multitude of different races mm -hmm. and so from the uh, perception of the extraterrestrial races out there that um, don't appear to have much consideration for the uh, free will of, of the human race when they're looking at what goes on on this planet, they're not seeing how humans treat animals. Mm. 
they're viewing how humans treat other races, how one race has complete disregard in their uh, in what they're perceiving as activity on this planet. Mm. You know, races eating races, races starving races, yeah. races that have the resources to end homelessness, end starvation planet wide, and yet don't. They don't. You know, they don't perceive humanity and its relationship with animals as as humans do they it's race and other races here for them and so, plants yeah including plants that's yeah. right so yeah i mean you make a very good point and uh of course we we see ourselves as as advanced to the plant to, to the animals in the sense that we we've got you know computers and cars and and businesses and big buildings and they and they don't but are you suggesting that from the perspective of Zetas and many other extraterrestrials that extraterrestrials that the perception of the animal kingdom plant kingdom is at a level a level playing field with themselves or do they just not see when you say 63 races does that include somehow a plant and animal kingdom but or is it that is purely no not at all the 63 races are based around their own species yeah yeah that they don't even that's not even including that's their own species That's on and off the planet. Species. The grays, yeah. yeah. But there, there's a lot of animals as well on their planet. Oh. On their planet, yeah, but the, the way that those beings are treated is that they wouldn't be eaten. Yeah, and I, I agree, and I think we need to progress to a point where we where we yeah. stop eating other animals. <laughs> oh, good. That's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I've... Uh, I've kind of gone as vegetarian as possible <laughs> since uh, so the start of this year. Actually, I've like my wife's vegetarian, and I've had a quite a vegetarian diet, but I would eat meat occasionally. But now I'm really trying to cut out mm. meat altogether. So mm. just doing my bit, yeah. but I'm hoping that you know, in in years to come, a lot of a lot of people are. I think, yeah. a lot, and also with the economy the way it is, I think a lot of people are starting to rethink the the way that they eat. Yeah, mm. I was camping at the weekend, and there was a um, they were doing curry for everyone and there was four options one was meat and three were vegetarian and when i got mm. to the uh to pay it was the three vegetarian options that had um pretty much gone and it was the uh the meat one that was still there i don't know if that i mean that's not evidence but it's a sign isn't it that uh, people are, are looking more to the vegetarian option just as a little aside there yeah, yeah. Mm. it's pretty healthy as well so mm. yes i feel i feel like when i do if i do have, have meat i, I my, my body says no, it says don't do that again. In a, in well, you're, you're eating you're eating frequency basically. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well, what's your thoughts actually on that? I've been told by some people that if you eat grass-fed animal that's been treated well, then you aren't. That's not as bad. It, or is that just a no? Um, no. I just I totally disagree with that. Yeah. I think if if any 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 animal is um, killed so that it can be eaten, it doesn't matter how well you're fed. Mm -hmm. yeah no I, I i agree um but it's, it's an interesting and maybe that is a a way forward as we could we can't go all vegetarian immediately so maybe that's a stepping stone yeah. in in there as we as we hmm. the planet try and get there yeah that's right yeah yeah it's a stepping stone um i want to move on to uh skinwalkers at the pentagon which is a book i read not long ago and i think you, you mentioned in a recent podcast that uh you wanted to to talk about that so i want to um ask you a few questions on that uh from my perspective when i read the book it was very focused on the 
on the very negative aspects of of the experiences at this skinwalker ranch um but from what i understand and hearing more about it from other other areas that there are there are many positive experiences there too and it was more about the people that were on the ranch if they were of, an, of a negative mindset very sort of I'm going to say militaristic in terms of their mindset, although there's, there could be some good military people out there. That's not to paint to paint them as negative. But um, if you've got a negative mindset and you go onto the ranch, you'll have negative experiences. And, and conversely, if you have positive experiences, it's sort of a positive mindset. So, um, yeah, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on the ranch and also whether you knew of any Zeta involvement there. Um, I've not actually read the book. That's the first thing. So I can only really go on what you're telling me and um, other people. I, I do know some people that have been there. That, that's the first thing. Um, the only thing I know about the Skinwalker from mainstream media is I actually watched uh, on uh, some sort of documentary uh, on the History Channel. I think it was one of the last ones where they had the helicopter and they were throwing things out of the helicopter trying to work out why the the whatever the technology they were using was hitting something and bouncing off, you know, but, but, you know, I would suggest that once again, we're talking about the phenomenon. So mm -hmm. uh, if you have a negative mindset, then I would suggest that as in all things, that that's what's going to manifest around mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. And if you have a positive uh, mindset, then of course, uh, that's what's going to manifest around you as well. It doesn't mean though, that there aren't things going on there or in many places on the planet. It's more about understanding the phenomenon um, and what's behind it. Once again, I, I will keep saying this because engaging the phenomenon, as people are saying, is useless because the phenomenon itself has is just a, um, an extension of something else. So you're basically looking at the symptom rather than the root cause. And while okay. people continue to look at the flashing lights and all the colours and everything else, they're totally missing the point that there's something behind that. And that's yeah. what people need to be looking at. What is behind the phenomenon, not the phenomenon itself? Yes, I think um, within the UFO community, at least, I do see a, a trend towards um, being less focused on uh videos of of lights in the sky and and more on discussions around um the consciousness aspect in particular that's something i'm particularly yeah. interested in yeah and that's what the zetas have always talked about that the consciousness aspect um the 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 problem that we've got is, is as the excitement builds about you know disclosure and contact we'll have a lot of people that are channeling and they are already but the question I ask people is, is, well, how do you evidence what you're getting? You know, what, where do you challenge those, those, those words that come through? Where do you ask those supposed entities? You know, how, where they're from? How can they evidence themselves? Mm. Um, rather than, you know, it's up to you and everybody else, but if people want to continually channel but never evidence those beings in a way where they actually show themselves to a group of people, or whatever it just comes down to uh there are a lot of trickster elements to the phenomenon as well uh, there's also a lot of tricks to spirit people and a lot of those spirit people are also mm -hmm. understanding that humans also will uh rather than evidence uh their contact will just buy straight into it 
And so we're going to see this fairly large, unfortunate group of people all go off towards the, the channeling for the Woo, the Woo Festival. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I would just suggest to people um, just, just challenge some of the stuff that people are, you know, channeling mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and see what comes of that, you know, just use yeah. a bit of common sense maybe. Yeah, uh, channeling is... Um a big part of the phenomenon in terms of uh, trying to understand it and there are as you say potentially some channels that are authentic and others that are tricksters or maybe in my view that some of them may not be tricksters but they just may be misled or they they think they've been channeling but they're just they're not um so it's it's, a, it's subconscious yeah. or some other aspect yeah, yeah. um but someone i and, do and we know though we know though joe that people do can channel you know their own uh, subcon we call them subconscious spirits mm-hmm. Pe- people's you know facets of their own consciousness come forward in a dis- disassociative form and they can channel themselves and, and look there's nothing wrong with that you know, mm-hmm. i'm saying if you know that that's what you're doing that's fine and so you know when we sort of are teaching people about how to you know bring information through that's the first thing we do is we just say to them just do some inspirational uh, speaking. It, we know that it is you, and that's fine. But when it comes through that the person's giving supposedly hard information, then you need to say to the to the being, if it is a being, look, I understand what you're saying. I really appreciate what you're saying. But I need in some way for you to evidence yourself to me mm-hmm. so that I can understand where you're coming from. Because you wouldn't go to a medium and they tell you, I've got your grandmother with me and give you no information to back that up and then just say, and here's her message. Mm-hmm. Your expectation would be that the medium would be able to communicate with the spirit person, give enough evidence that the person was absolutely convinced it was their grandmother, and then give the message. Mm-hmm. But that seems to completely fail when it comes to extraterrestrials. Now, yes, your extraterrestrials aren't your grandmother, but they can certainly do things to evidence themselves. Mm-hmm. And so just from a point of clarity, it's more about just saying to people, if you're listening to somebody that's channeling and you've got the opportunity to ask questions, ask them to evidence themselves. Yeah. Um, one channeler, um, Dao Lanka, who channels Bashar, is someone I've heard, and I think I heard recently that you, you found him to be somewhat credible. Um, I'm not, not going to say that for sure, but what for my, for my evidence, um, and this is not just him, but he's one, it's not just... What's what's being said? It's how it's being said as well. So in terms of what's being said, it, it blows my mind. And, and maybe maybe it's possible that that the Dao Lanka has done enough research and got that information yeah. available. So that's possible. But um, you know, there's yeah. a strong sorry, the light's shining in my face there. Um, there's a strong possibility that um, the uh, the information has been channeled. But it's it's the the biggest evidence for me is the way it's channeled in the sense that like I'm doing now, I'm saying a lot of ums and ers, and, and that's something <laughs> that's my subconscious is doing as I'm trying to flow yeah. his, his speech. And when Daryl Anker mm-hmm. speaks, he does the same. But when he's channeling Bashar, there seems to be no pauses, no ums, ers, and it's all very eloquent and given in a way that I don't think Daryl could have practiced mm-hmm. himself and got to that level. So that for me is the, that's the only thing I would say is evidence beyond obviously the things he's saying and some of the very poignant um, aspects to the channeling. You, you see, if you understand that you can splinter your own subconscious, 
that new personality could easily bypass all of the pausing. That there's no issue with that. Um, so that's to me, it's actually not evidence. So you know, I mean, it's fine that it's evidence for other people. Evidence for me is, is when I say to the being, "Well, where are you from?" They go, "I'm from the, that planet out there." Oh, really? Do you have technology? Yes, we we use craft. We travel interdimensionally. We do this, this, and that. Okay, great. Um, could you come here in two weeks' time? Can you land a craft? Mm-hmm. Now, if those beings who've been talking over and over and over again about love and light and all of the rest of it and timelines and everything can't even turn up in a craft, mm-hmm. I'm not prepared to listen to them yeah. at all. It's the same for beings that, you know, they, they promise, they, they, they state that they're quite easily able to materialise in a room and show themselves. Yeah which, you know, you hear a lot of when you listen into information given by channelers. And yet the beings never materialise. And when they're questioned, well, why haven't you materialised? Oh, you're, you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, we'll materialise. And yeah. they have the same conversation year in and year out. It, the conversation never changes. The beings never materialise despite stating their fully able to you know when we when the zeta say they're going to do something they do it they do it and if they don't do it we would question them or well, hang on you you said you would why didn't you we we never have to question them they always do what they they're asked or what they say they're going to do okay now it, it doesn't mean that they're, they're not perfect we're not saying they're perfect they're not saying they're perfect uh, things can happen where something may not materialize but I would be more interested in seeing um, a being that was doing healing. So if somebody was being healed, you know, so someone that channels as a healer, yeah. there's a lot of good healings, medical, ev- medically evidenced healing that's taking place. That's really good evidence as well, isn't it? It's not just words and fancy speech and all those things. Mm. It's actually changes being made to people. Yeah. And that's what we need on this planet now. We need change. Positive, change. yeah, and we have not just words, it's just rhetoric, it doesn't mean anything, yeah, yeah. I've heard of uh, people being healed in like places like Mount Shasta, and uh, yeah, got incredible ways that it can't defy you know, <laughs> sort of more medical grounds. That's that's right, yeah, amazing yeah. stuff. Um, when I could move on to a, a few areas that get talked about within, within the community, and I wanted to get your perspective on them, um. Firstly, on the secret space program and the supposed colonization of Mars and 20 and back and all this, if you're aware of it. I only know what, um, what probably what you probably know more about it than I do, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, so, would you say I, I, it's I, potential that there's, there are humans uh, that have been going to Mars <laughs> and, and coming back? Oh, or, I see. And having We're their memory erased? You're not talking about Basiago and the jump room technology and all that. Uh, potentially, I think I've heard of, of that as, as a way of getting to Mars, as in there's like a portal and ability to to get there. But um, apparently there are there are people coming out and disclosing that they were part of a secret space program and they've had their memory erased mm-hmm. um, after, but they've been doing various sort of, I mean, I'm sort of quoting what I understand of it, is that they've been doing various um, sort of, QHHT or various other regressions, and they've kind of got brought back memories of uh, of being part of this secret space program. Right. And 
This has been going so on for decades. They're doing hypnotherapy and they're disclosing that they're part of a program that they didn't know that they were part of or they, they were and then they were given some sort of technology to, <clears throat> is that what you're saying? For, from my perspective, what I can understand is, yes, that yeah. they've, um, they've been part of this program, but as part of the program, they had their memory erased, so they weren't able to remember it and they were able to carry on with their lives. Then years right. later, they've regressed and discovered this information. And um, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but, you know, I wanted to see if, if you had any perspective on that. Yeah. Well, I know that the synthetic quantum environments are used as a... As a and we've talked about this QEs before, haven't we? Um, I know you mentioned it on your recent podcast with Grant Cameron. I'm, I can't remember if you mentioned it on, on our one, so maybe oh, you okay. briefly talk so about that. So synthetic quantum environments are created by extraterrestrials, the technology that take a, a copy of something that's on the timeline and then they mirror it into the SQE. So remember that observation changes things. So we don't want to observe what's the original. We want to observe the copy. Mm -hmm. Often they'll take a, a copy of a planet or a, a specific area of a planet. They'll put it entire, inside the SQE. And then they'll watch what happens when they take the um, copy of a person's consciousness and they allow that person to believe that they've actually jumped to Mars. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there, there, there's a lot to this, and this is actually yeah. pretty complicated. It yeah. is, and, and if you don't mind me saying, quite a unique perspective. I don't think I've heard that from anyone else. So it'd be interesting to see. It's in the, it's in the SQE stuff's in the, the primer of the Zeta race, which is a free book for mm -hmm. anyone sure. to read. Yeah. Uh, Baziago, he talked about um, jump room technology with yeah. Mars. Baziago talked yeah. all about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was quite some time ago now, wasn't yeah. it? And um, if I remember correctly, uh, don't quote me on this, <laughs> but um, the thing that uh, he, he believed that he had been to Mars, mm. he, they, he hadn't understood that he'd been in the SQE. And they, the, the, the part of his story that alerted um, you, I remember you telling me, yeah. um, was the fact that he uh, believed he'd lost his arm on one of these trips on one of these occasions he believed uh, when he'd gone to Mars but on his return he found that he was perfectly intact he had both mm. his arms now obviously if he'd physically been there he wouldn't have yeah. returned with both of his arms so but if we think about it this way so mm. let's say that I take a copy of you Joe and you go into an SQE you jump to Mars you lose your arm mm. when I re-assimilate you back with your originating form, you have the experience of losing your arm, but of course you've got your physical arms. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is how synthetic quantum environments work. And this is why I say to people, forget about the phenomenon. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's too difficult. Okay. What do you think uh, we're in a synthetic quantum environment right now? Yeah, I believe that we are actually. I believe yeah. that on some level, everything around us is a, representation of consciousness yeah there has been talked within the mainstream science about we're in a in a um not a sqe but a kind of a, a virtual reality it's called within a virtual yeah. reality within a virtual reality and that at some point there's a route yeah. <laughs> i guess it links mm -hmm. to that <laughs> bizarre yeah well this possible. is just, this is just uh, source consciousness experiencing itself 
in an externalized state. Um, it's obviously the only way that source can learn is to understand itself externally. So mm -hmm. that's why there would be a virtual environment. Yeah. Um, and my other um, aspect of the history that I wanted to get your perspective on was that um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of Operation Paperclip and the, the move of um, the, lots of uh, Nazis um, over to America and Russia after the Second World War. And apparently that the Nazis also um, moved to Antarctica and set up base mm. there and have been sort of infiltrating various aspects of government, pharma, technology, media, all these aspects ever since. And um, they are still plaguing Earth with trying to keep us dumbed down and unable to ascend and, and also to control us and, and weaponize every aspect of life in terms of, you know, dividing us. Uh, with, in various ways. So what aspects, I guess, of that do you see as, as potentially the, the true history of, of Earth, that the, that the Nazis actually won, in a, in a sense, and it was the Germans who lost, the German military who, who died, but the Nazis themselves, the, the orchestrators of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the growth of, of Nazism were just basically relocated and rebuilt or even just continued? <laughs> yeah, I don't see it that way at all. Um, I see that the human frequency dictates a, a human's ability to remember their point of origin. I also see that the human frequency also dictates what a person believes about themselves and what they can experience and what they believe to be their ability to be able to create. The extraterrestrials also understand that the human frequency, when a person leaves spirit realm and incarnates as a human, that they then can no longer remember where they've come from. Because in remember one specific point, you've actually come from somewhere to come here, to be here right now. And then when you leave here, you're going to go back to where you've come from. Yeah. And so the extraterrestrials have also used the human frequency as a method to uh, implement multiple screen memory technologies into humans. We've come up with five categories of screen memories that we've come across with people while working with them. And it's easy for us to see that rather than focusing on the narrative, which is the things that we believe to be true about human history, we need to be looking at the things like, what is the frequency of the planet? What happens to somebody when they come into the human form? And why is it they can no longer remember specific things about their past? And once we start to understand those concepts, then of course, we can understand that we're actually creators living inside a virtual environment. It's the environment that's actually trying to keep us at a specific frequency. Mm. Example, you meditate and you move up in vibration and frequency. You don't stay there because once you come out of your meditative state, you then go back down slowly, slowly, slowly to a more, more physical grounded state. But while in that meditative state, you could have a lot of uh, interaction with interdimensional entities, uh, with energies, frequencies, those sorts of things. But you don't get them when you're down grounded, okay? And so we have to really look at, is the human race being kept at the specific level that it's at by the planet? And is it the planet, the frequency that is surrounding the human frequency? Uh, is that really the, the physical cause of people not being able to move through 
into higher states and, and access most of their abilities that they have. Okay, so what I can gather is that, um, uh, I'm not sure if you said that uh, that, that so the, the true, there's, there's, a, there's a narrative about history that we're told at school, and then there's this other history narrative that we're told but what, what you're saying is that we shouldn't look to that for reasons for why we are being kept at our at a cert, at our certain frequency and why we're not ascending. So, which so I'm saying I'll be I'll be very clear here. I'm saying it's got nothing to do with what you're told to believe. It's got a lot to do with the frequency that you're being held in. I'll ask you a question: Where did you come from before you were born? Um. Well, I think maybe from spirit realm, maybe from a, maybe I had a past life on earth, maybe elsewhere. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of maybes and that's fine. But why is it that you can't remember that? You're a being of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Why can't you remember that? Um, well, I, to, to, to I've, I've thought about that and I think it's actually quite a powerful tool of consciousness to be able to incarnate in a way and have that kind of memory wipe because i think if you had um the full realization of eternity it, it's quite a daunting thing actually and um, so sometimes you need to be able to memory wipe and relive to make the, the experience of, of eternity livable yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so i i understand that um so um, there are a lot of different uh, schools of thought in regards to this. Mm -hmm. We come here and forget because if we knew who we were, we wouldn't enjoy the experience because we knew where we came from. But then again, we've got other people that are able to break through that and actually understand and remember where they've come from. Mm -hmm. these, these are classes, what are called point of origin um, discussions that we have with people. So there is the capacity within the human consciousness to actually move past these things that would try to um, nullify our ability to be able to move forwards and minimize us. But we need to be able to see that uh, potential within ourselves to do that. Yeah, but you, you've made me think though, it is a free will planet and maybe from a high perspective, some people have come down here just to, just to live and not, not be too worried about ascension just just have the experience oh absolutely so, yeah. there are many people that are here that are just going through the motions because that's all they ever wanted to do they've got free will mm -hmm. but for the people that ask the questions for the ones that want to know the answers are out there they, they really are but people need to break out of the conditioning and understand that the potential for consciousness to um disclose itself to you is is within reach above the Schumann frequency and above the Schumann frequency for sure <laughs> mm. yeah uh, I agree I think and I think we're heading as a planet I think Guy has made the decision to move up in frequency and I think we're all moving with her and those who don't move with her will um I, I don't know what will happen to them but I think uh, in time there will be there will be less of them <laughs> Well, what's interesting is that if you look at the um, aerial school documentary about the children in Zimbabwe, have you mm -hmm. seen that at all? I have yeah. uh, the phenomenon. Oh, no, what's it called? There's a, yeah. There was a movie and uh, there was a... There was a, there was a oh, this one's on just there. come out, I believe, yeah. Uh, Tears and, in the Sky, um, I think it was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this one's just come out. And 
interestingly, one of the children said that the alien had told them not to get technologied. And, and I love the way that they said that, technologied. And when we start to think about it, we've got two streams of technologies coming. <clears throat> we've got the extra, uh, we've got the human technologies that are coming where people are going to be able to use different types of technologies to support them in their daily lives, make them feel healthier, feel better, and all the rest of it. And then on the other side of this, we've got something that's hardly ever spoken about, where we've got some type of extraterrestrial beings, not the greys, but other extraterrestrials, that are implanting technologies into humans. Now, when we were told, you know, through the aerial documentary that the child had said, uh, you know, be, beware of being technology. And there's also a crop circle that says beware of the deceivers because this, I believe that that was totally off everybody's radar at that point in time. People were going, oh, well, we need to watch out for what humans do. I'm starting to understand that it's actually probably not the humans at all. We need to be careful of what the extraterrestrials are doing. What is it that they're doing with their technology that in the near future is going to cause humans a lot of problems? Mm. And um, I think that, of course, you know, we're, we're researching that ourselves at the moment. I don't have too much more information about that, but it's definitely something that people need to be aware of. The first thing is, if you're approached by somebody who says, you know, I've got uh, this being that's working with me, and uh, all you need to do is accept some sort of energetic implant into yourself, and they'll heal you, you should just say no. Because we don't know, as things are developing quite quickly through disclosure, what these beings' intention is. And why should anybody uh, accept any type of technology at all? Because you've got everything with you that you need. You're a being of consciousness. You don't need technology to ascend. No. And we're hearing this more and more from people saying, oh, yeah, I went to this and these, these uh, beings told me that I, I needed to accept this technology and that it would, okay. would help me to ascend. And it's like, no, don't do it. That's interesting. But I think mm. some technology would be like free energy would be very beneficial. Um, yeah. So, so external technology, but I think you're talking more about implants and things. That's good. Yeah. External technologies. Yes. Yeah. So we need to frame that, don't we? External technologies, free energy, free, free air, free everything. That's fine. But if they say to you, you know, Joe, you need to insert this technology into your own etheric body, mm. you should go, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, it's your choice, but, you know. Of course, yeah. No, it's a very, very interesting point. Um, I wonder if we can move on to CETA Society. I know we wanted to chat about this last time. I don't think we got onto the topic too much. So um, I think I think we mentioned it already to a certain extent about all the different um, 63 races, as you said. But yeah. the so in, on Earth, um, there's a quite a varied amount of culture, languages, food preferences, would you say the same is of, of the Zeta society, that they have a, a quite a varied, even um, well, would they say have accents maybe as well, like, you know, and things like this? Um, okay, so you can have anything you want on planet as long as it's one thing, all right? So with the uh, race, um, they have created a specific clear liquid that they use uh, as their point of nourishment for their physical forms. Uh, the thing is, is that... They don't specifically um, use verbal, verbal languages to speak to each other because they're telepathic. 
But what they do have is the intracranial connection system that produces the clicking sounds. So they're able to communicate with each other that way as well. Okay. So if I were to somehow end up in a Zeta society, would I end up hearing lots of clicking? Um, you don't need to be in Zeta society to hear clicking. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people that are actually being contacted that are hearing clicking around them all the time. Mm -hmm. We've recorded it. We've got lots of audio of their clicking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you say that they, they communicate quite telepathically. Um, do, does the telepathic communication have, a, have any variance in terms of like how it's received or is there anything there? Like we have different languages and... If I show you a picture of an orange and I don't have to say that it's an orange, yeah. if you've seen one before, you know what it is. Yeah. It's only when you haven't seen an object before that you've then got to bring in a secondary imagery process that shows the function of that. Yeah. So it could be if I show you an orange, you've never seen one before, the second image is of you eating the orange, yeah? Mm -hmm. Like that. So that's uh, with telepathy, that's how they, <clears throat> how they are able to communicate with beings such as humans that don't understand their technology or the ways that they communicate with each other. Uh, and they're able to do that through imagery. And so imagery is a very powerful thing because it doesn't rely on um, uh, verbal structures. It, an image is an image, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It oh. doesn't matter what country you come from. Does it have if emotional seen content it, as well? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some level of emotional content for sure. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, our language is a barrier to communication. <laughs> I think a lot of very good find... movie is Arrival. Arrival's yeah. a yeah. really good movie, one yeah. of our favourites. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that definitely uh, displays quite nicely the um, issues with a, an extraterrestrial race landing that doesn't speak any known human language. Yeah. And how it can be misinterpreted and all the you know various aspects of that. Mm. Uh, what technologies do the Zetas use in, in their day-to-day -day living? Wow, okay. So if, if I asked you that about humans, you you say, well, okay, okay, this morning I got up a, I turned on my Bluetooth, uh, I've got my phone, I, you know. Electric, the oven on. <laughs> on the electric toothbrush. I went to the coffee maker, and you'd list two hundred technologies that you probably used without even thinking of thinking about that. Um, whereas it would depend on the function that they perform. So the thing is with the Zetas is they're um, created uh, by their say parental structure, and that that Zeta is uh, a genetic match for another Zeta as a child they come together, they are technologically enabled by being with each other. As they grow up, uh, they then work in specific fields with each other and that determines what they would do. So if they are, because they don't have the same sleep patterns as humans, this is the first thing. Imagine how much work you can get done if you don't need to sleep or you only sleep once a week, you'd be very productive. So the technology that you would use would then relate to the work that, or the specific function that you perform. The Zetas don't specifically have downtime or relaxation time, but if they choose to uh, 
move towards a more grounded state, they'll go and stand in what a class has things like resonance chambers. And these resonance chambers have within them arts and technology in them. And they vibrate at a specific level and they're able to, um, like um, hemisync or binaural beats, mm -hmm. they're able to move into those, those flow of those specific sounds. Mm -hmm. And that's what they use for uh, relaxation purposes. Not rejuvenation. Rejuvenation mm -hmm. processes, these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of technology, but mm -hmm. it depends on what you're talking about. Sure. Uh, in terms of uh, travel, would they um, have um, anti-gravity machines or some sort of propulsion machine or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if we talk about how craft travel, firstly, we need to think about the occupants inside the craft. Um, if, if these craft uh, are able to run on zero-point energy, uh, which other people have alluded to, they run on etheric rails, that's the first thing. Uh, the beings that are inside would have to be in a dematerialized state to move faster than the speed of light. That's a second thing that people need to think about because of G-forces and all those sorts of things. Now, it doesn't mean that there's G-forces in space. It means that if you're coming to a sudden stop on planet, there's gonna be some G-forces there. Uh, if you're taking off and moving you know, 80,000 feet in 0.5 of a second, which has been said by some of the Tic Tacs, then of course, you'd have to imagine that the beings inside, if they were in a materialized state, it would mean that they would be affected by traveling at that speed. So there's a lot of technology that supports moving uh, in craft. The other thing that um, is probably not known by most people is that if you imagine that, um, you know, we have one second here, and for them, they, the, the theory is, is that the further you move away from the planet, the uh, more time passes. And so if you're away for, you know, sort of, you know, whatever, uh, maybe an hour away from here, then here maybe a year has passed. And so this is classed as a space-time compression uh, process that these races are able to compress and uncompress time and so you can be looking at a, a, a craft here and then next thing it's gone and it's over here 10 miles away instantaneously. But what's happened is, is you've been standing there looking. It's been one second for you, but for them it's been a very large time frame. Mm -hmm. So they've just travelled across, but for you within a different time frame, relative to them moving, they've moved across quite quickly, but within their own time frame. And that explains a lot. The um, space-time compression explains how a lot of things are taking place. Okay. Um, so does that go against the idea of going faster than speed of light? Or are they going at, going slower than the speed of light, but from our time frame, they look like they're going faster than speed well, of light? Well, my, my question is, who says you can't go faster than the speed of light? Well, like I... The I, human. I, I... <laughs> Well, it's, it's a very, I don't, I mean, Einstein obviously said it, but uh, yeah, from my perspective, it's yeah. not necessarily a, a physical law that can't be broken. Yeah, I mean, imagine telling a race that travel faster than the speed of light. Oh, you can't do that. That's what we believe. And they'll be going, okay, well, you, you stay with that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it?
yeah i mean and the, the idea is that if you did get that um that the energy uh would mean that you get is it spaghettified or you'd <laughs> you'd, you'd pretty much uh you know you that's, why I was talking about the, that's why i was talking about traveling in a dematerialized state yeah yeah because you don't you're not going to be moving anywhere within a structure of matter to, to move at that speed. You need to be in a state that's, and I'm not a quantum physicist. I don't understand this stuff. Mm -hmm. All I know is that for them to do what they, if people are seeing these craft do, it's on the news, mainstream media, 60 minutes, all these places, these craft are going from here to here in 0.5 of a second. How, how is that possible? Everybody's seeing them do it. They've got footage of them doing it. So we need to move past what our current belief system is in regards to, well, this is possible and that's possible. Mm. We're seeing things that aren't possible. That means yeah. that it's possible somewhere else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think you make a good point in terms of that when people talk about the ability to move, some people talk about warping space itself. So they're yeah. talking about moving that space closer to you, a bit like... Um, when you talk about wormholes and the ability to warp mm. space so that you what's uh, you know you, you go a very short distance but um you actually gone a very large distance so that's one way of looking at it, but you're talking more about time changing time compression as well so there's yeah. well, it's very complicated it's, <laughs> i'm sure that, i'm sure um there are beings that have a an ability to do things that to us seem impossible in the same way that if we went back in time with our iPhones and talked to each other on this other oh, planet, yeah, like we're doing now, it would be, yeah. it would look impossible. So yeah, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> oh, look, you know, you can imagine some of these races could be hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. You know, years ago, a craft comes and someone looks up in the sky and goes, there's an angel. Now they've got no other words to describe the craft. So they've just said, there's an angel. Mm -hmm. or there's a dragon, or there's this, or there's that. They were the only words that you had to describe what you were seeing at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And so that's the same as now with the phenomenon. We're only using the vocabulary and the structure that we've got. And our social and our, Yeah, and our references to understand what's going on. And, and I think they're inadequate. That, that's the problem. Um, people, firstly, when we talk about disclosure, are, are wanting disclosure on humanity's terms you know we want the government to tell us now what's going on okay well they tell us what's going on tomorrow we're all outside looking in the sky going well where are they mm -hmm. so we've had one form of disclosure but the next form of disclosure won't take place because guess what it depends on the beings to disclose themselves they're not going to be told what to do by humans and when to disclose disclosure is very very big and there's going to be a lot of issues that have to be dealt with in regards to disclosure, control structures, religious structures, people that are being abducted. What mm. does that mean? If there's been millions of people abducted globally, how does that get resolved? It's going to be a lot of issues. I would say that um, from my experience, certainly in the last year or so, um, whatever mechanisms they have for cloaking themselves, keeping themselves out of sight, they're being either deliberately or just flagrant in terms of just allowing themselves to be seen a bit more, I think, you know, um, that's my perspective. Would, they're, yes. they're, they're that's slowly, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, to my own personal opinion, you know, we, we can't be absolute about things. Um, I think that uh, they're seeing what's taking place on the planet. They're seeing us running out of resources. They're seeing that we can't get along. 
the seeing of behavior and they're going, you know, maybe, maybe it's time that we started showing ourselves a bit more just so that people start to think about things differently. Mm. Yeah. I think was it Reagan who said that uh, if there's one thing that could unite humanity it would be uh, knowing that there's, <laughs> there's uh, other beings out there. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I see as, as much as I hear all the different um, things going on in the world, I see UFO disclosure as probably the predominant um, uh, way to get us onto that positive time. Well, we are on the positive timeline, but to, you know, to get us to sort ourselves out, basically. Uh, and, and talking of which, are there any technologies that the Zetas use that maybe we would be given um, to assist us in cleaning the planet someday in the future? Um, if, um, I mean, I can only make, make an assumption here that if today um, all wars stopped, all wars ceased, and that people started to be in service to others and um, the homeless were being fed, uh, fed and housed. Um, medical care was provided to all people on planet. Um, there were no more wars, these sorts of things. Then they would see that our behaviour had changed. And then I believe that at that point we would be, have technology that would be because we would be showing them that we're capable of being given the technology. Mm. Whilst we're still acting like children, they're not going to yeah. give us access to anything. Whilst there's that potential for it to be misused. Mm. No, I, I agree. And um, what well, in terms of the future, are there any specific ones? I think a lot of people talk about these things called med beds, um, yeah. and I, I, I think you know there's a potential that there are some uh, inventors in in the world right now who have technology that has the ability to heal people in ways that maybe go beyond our current understanding of medicine um so i'm not against the idea of med beds but is there a kind of a celestial chamber or, or other technology that is of an alien origin that um that you're aware of that maybe the zetas use how many patents did tesla have no i think you just yeah. need to look back to tesla nikola, of nikola course, tesla. Yeah, yeah. he he um he interesting interesting person um i wouldn't be surprised if tesla had had the uh, initial thoughts about med beds and mm. uh, because he was very much advanced as a human. Yeah. Mm. If he was human, I mean, <laughs> there's some suggestion that uh, he had originated from Venus in a way, maybe incarnated from. from well, that's Adam. the whole point about, that's yeah. the whole point about incarnation, isn't it? Um, people, not all people have to incarnate the spirit realm. I mean, you know, this is a planet where you're able to uh, be born and to exist here. And that means that your consciousness comes from somewhere. Now, you know, either two uh, things exist, either there is a source consciousness out there that's creating um, the potential for cellular matter to move into a form and then suddenly develop a consciousness, mm -hmm. or there is no... Um, source entity out there and that this whole thing's just a mistake well if it's a mistake it's a pretty amazing mistake <laughs> yeah i don't know actually you've just reminded me um did you see recently that apparently um there is a chatbot uh that's that they've deemed as now a sentient that's got consciousness and in the, in the, in the, used by the language it was using 
Have you heard that recently? Yeah, I have. And, uh, I, read, I read that. We read this that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. more about, and it's the question I think from, um, I'm not sure which person, whether it was Nick, somebody Pope or somebody else said, um, well, how do you actually work out what at what point something is sentient, just mm -hmm. just from its language, um, because something could be um, quite advanced, mm -hmm. and um, you would have great difficulty in telling yeah. whether you were talking to an AI. The Zetas use a different process. They use what's called IA, an inanimate animate, and the inanimate animates are um, cloned consciousness. And the cloned consciousness um, is technology. But the only difference between the inanimate animate and the AI is the um, IA <laughs> is able to uh, present itself as being uh, conscious, cognizant, and self-aware and sentient. Okay. But that's extraterrestrial AI or IA, not human. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, we use um, supposedly the Turing test, but uh, I imagine, imagine that's quite outdated and probably needs, needs to be uh, modern. Well, not the word modernized, but you know, <laughs> changed to, well, to identify. It, it doesn't matter how advanced AI is on this planet, they can't populate it into a human form or a container and get that being to go to work and live and pay bills and you know, make decisions based on emotions. Can they? Whereas the extraterrestrials can, because they're already doing it. They're incarnating into the human form and they're doing it using their IA technologies and other types of processes to exist as humans on planet and other planets as well. Yeah. I, you mentioned recently, I think, um, on a podcast with, with Grant Cameron again, you said that um, when they are, uh, when their consciousness is put into a, another body, and to animate that body, it, it can only exist for a short period. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And and if so, is there other actual limitations um, within the universe that mean that's the case, or is it just that their technology hasn't got to the point where they can exist, animate a body? I think for... you're. I think that you're talking about when they uh, maturate a human form. Yeah. yeah. When they maturate a human form, they have very limited capacity to. Uh, animate that form for hours and hours and hours. It's about three hours or something. Can't remember the time. It's not very long. But their own containers, which basically maturated uh, from their own genetic material, obviously they can animate those for fifteen hundred years. So, okay. But in terms of the human form, is there a a reason? Is it just that technology isn't? It? Could their technology advance, or is it just a matter of time for them to exist longer, or why three hours or whatever it is? It would depend on why. I mean, why would you use a specific tool in a specific circumstance to perform a specific function? And when you ask you answer that question, you would know why that they, they would use a human form. It may be that they just wanted to gather information and they wanted to do it in a way that they wouldn't be noticed. And so they would be able to do it being human, but just for a short time. Yeah. Um Another topic that we didn't get to bring up last time was hybridization. And um, I don't know if you want to quickly talk about what, what is a hybrid. For my understanding, we're all hybrids, but uh, is there mm -hmm. something specific you want to say about hybridization and what a hybrid is? Mm. I, 
I guess uh, on a technicality, yeah, we are all hybrids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but technically. Technically, but we've uh, been around long enough, I think, to say that we've we've developed our own uh, humanness. Um, having said that, um, you know, the Zetas said, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, that thirty percent of the human race, as we understand it now, are hybrids from other extraterrestrial races, and mm -hmm. so that means sharing a, a container, a human flesh and blood body um with consciousness partly from spirit realm and partly from an extraterrestrial race they've come together by free will agreement and they're occupying the the human container for for that lifetime and on set on the, the death of the physical body the two separate consciousnesses um what's the word unjoined they disassociate. Yeah. <laughs> and one goes back to spirit realm and the other returns back to its extraterrestrial origin Okay, um, so I guess that's, is that hybridization? Because when I think of hybridization, I think about um, using female uh, bodies to, to bring about mm. um, a baby that's of genetic material from both. Yeah. So you, the, the question here is, are you talking about hybridization of this planet or the hybridization yeah. of other planets? So yeah, maybe I'd elaborate on that. Um, from my perspective in reading, um, what I can about the topic. There seems to be two, two agendas, again, one nefarious and one not, um, with regards to hybridization. Um, one I've heard is a, a program to take human genetics and to populate uh, potentially another Earth in, in preparation for what could be the demise of this planet um, to allow the, the genetic material to ca carry on. And that seems like a, a positive um, a positive thing to be doing from a hybridization perspective i would agree um, with that yeah and then the other one is that uh in particular greys actually have got mentioned in it that want to um be on earth earth as a planet is very very special in terms of the abundance that it brings and and greys mm. are trying to hybridize with humans to so that they can eventually be on earth um rather than taking over they just basically hybridize over time and um, so they're effectively here, uh, which is, I, I guess, is the bad <laughs> nefarious agenda. Um, what, what, what do you see about those two agendas and, and any truth? It's like going down the beach and arguing over one grain of sand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't it really? You know, oh, this planet's got everything. Guess what? The scientists know that there's hundreds of Earth-like planets. You know, mm -hmm. like, it, that, that actually, you see, that the whole problem with that, in, and I know that people do think that, is that... You know, humans are so special. This planet's so special. This is special. Well, you know what? If if the Greys are doing what this, what everybody's accusing them of, why why are they taking their time mm -hmm. doing that? You know, is the, if there really is a hybridization of, of humanity, biological biological hybridization mm -hmm. of humanity, why why is it taking so long? Where are all these? I've not personally met one of these biological entities. Um, have you? Have, have, you? have you? Have you? Is anybody? We I, we asked. I asked the Zetas about yeah. this about a year ago. Um, in fact, I believe we've got a blog post about it on our website, so people can go and read the entire conversation if they want to. Um, there's no uh, plan by any race to uh, take over the the human race. 
uh, whether it be by consciousness or uh, biological um, genetic manipulation of whatever sort. Um, you know, work within the free will process, hybrids of consciousness, of human hybrids of consciousness in this planet have agreed um, with their point of origin race to um, gift, donate uh, genetic material, um, you know, which does account for some of the uh, information you see online or you hear from experiences, contactees. Mm -hmm. And then we do know the abductors are, don't abide by free will and, uh, and will also take genetic material for other reasons. Um, but it's not for the uh, hybridization of, the, of, of Earth at all. It's mm. for other reasons. Okay. I would suggest that it's as you say, Joe, it was for the first reason. Yeah. So do you, do you see that there's no negative aspect hybridization? Or there is from these abductors, it sounds like. And although the reason isn't to repopulate Earth, but to, to take well, genetic well, material the, away. We, we need to understand the mechanics of um, creation. And when we, when we understand that for a physical human form to exist, they need a, they need a component, component of them that is from spirit realm. Because when the spirit leaves the physical form, and returns back to spirit realm, the physical body ceases to exist and basically just falls to pieces. We know that because people pass over all the time. Well, the thing is with the greys is they don't have the capacity to actually animate a physical form the way that spirit people do. Yeah. And spirit people under free will will not uh, go into a symbiotic relationship with the abductors to create a hybridized race. So this is never going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So is there something specific about the, the greys that you mentioned in terms of spirit that is, is, is unique? Not, not unique, um, it's, it's different then. Yeah, they've then entered that. into a free will process yeah. with a being from spirit realm mm -hmm. to create yeah. the hybrid of consciousness. The Zetas. The Zetas. And not just yeah. the Zetas, by the way. Yeah. Pleiadians, Arcturians, whatever race that yeah. they've Syrians, all entered. Yeah. Yeah, they've all entered into agreement with higher self and the spirit person to have a symbiotic relationship to create the hybrid. Spirit people have the ultimate say as to who can incarnate into this, this, this species, this human species. The greys don't, the abductors do not get a, a, a foot in the door because the spirit people are the ones in control. Without spirit people, you cannot animate a body and you cannot unanimate a body. So end of story. And as much as they try, and I know that they are trying to do it, they just can't do it. It fails. It fails all the time. So when you say spirit people, do you, are you talking about consciousness in an etheric form? If you want to say that, that's fine. I, I'm trying to, because the word people, no, no, people might, might think of a physical manifestation, which probably doesn't yeah. goes against that so so let's say that you you come from spirit realm okay you you're a you're from the oversoul the oversoul exists within the spirit realm you individuate from this the oversoul you then are born through parents and then you become a child that's you are a, a soul a spirit with um, a higher self and you know you're observing yourself as you go through this life then when, of course, you transition, you go back to spirit realm and all your loved ones. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, in terms of 
hybrids walking earth right now do, do you think there are there are many that um are, are on earth right now or have we sort of touched that already mm, of consciousness yeah ab- approximately 30 percent from all different immersive. races immersive not reptilians and not the abductors <laughs> okay huge they percentage huge percentage of humans are hybrids 30 percent and you can tell why the people that you meet all the time they're, that they're, they're trying to work out why they don't fit in. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I understand where they're coming from because you, they'll talk to you in ways and about things that humans do, but they just don't understand. And when, you, when they're talking to you, there's things, there's triggers that they're saying, you know, yep, 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 yep. And you know generally that that person's a hybrid because of the just because of the things they don't understand forget about what they do understand could we say that the other 70 percent are also hybrids but they've been on earth so long that they've they've adjusted to the level that they aren't well then we need to look at who created humans if we look at who created humans obviously it's extraterrestrials and then of course the whole planet's hybrids aren't they yeah but as you say those consciousness that uh, were part of the spirit realm technology uh, have incarnated, in, uh, incarnated so many times yeah. that they have no capacity now to um, understand, understand where they originally, where came, originally from. came from. Yeah, yeah it was a long time ago. Do you think, um, in terms of the thirty percent that you mentioned, do you think they experience more paranormal activity, more telepathic behaviour, precognition, all things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So point, what we've noticed with people is that uh, when they start to have the phenomenon occurring around them. It's generally, um, there'll either be one thing, there'll either be spirit phenomenon around a person, and in that way, uh, there's no ET, there's no extraterrestrial phenomenon, just spirit people, um, things moving and all the rest of it. But if somebody's actually a hybrid and they've got extraterrestrial phenomenon around them, they'll then see the phenomenon start to grow. They'll see spirit people coming in, they'll see a whole lot of astral phenomenon in the house, the point is, at that point, there has to be some level of resolution for that, for that being's energy, that person's energy, so that they can start to move past the phenomenon. We, we're back at the phenomenon again. Move past the phenomenon to understand what is behind the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's more to this, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the future and, uh, and contact, uh, Sian, you said that you've been trying for for many years mm-hmm. i think 15 to try and communicate with the zetas and you can do about six minutes correct? up to eight minutes eight now. minutes <laughs> we're going well yeah. so is, is this a guide minutes, is this a potential guide for how we will all experience the um gain, engaging with um other beings in the future or, or is this something particular particular with the zetas mm-hmm. um I, I, w- I would say that um a lot of people might not be able to put the same amount of energy into into that level of um, yeah. communication. It requires so, a, a lot of dedication and perseverance yeah. and patience to, um, to to get anywhere. You know, it, it's it's like a, you know the marathon runner. If they don't train, they won't go anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know the Zetas are keen that people are able to connect to where they're from, you know, yeah. um, that they, that they like that. And, you know, they, they have 
been working with you to develop ways to uh, to help people learn and train themselves yeah. in processes of consciousness to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It will never happen overnight. Yeah. Um, uh, we've, look, I wrote a book called The Zeta Mind, and, and that goes some way to explaining yeah. how to connect to your point of origin race. But the problem is, is how do you work out what your point of origin race is? It's a catch-22 situation. Mm. Yeah. So the, the, the hope is, is that if you do the exercises in the book, that you'll work out a way to understand your own energy. Once you understand that, then you can work out how to uh, find stillness. And in that stillness, it should be that there'll be some level of clarity come to you from your own higher self that is your point of origin being. Mm. Okay, and how should people be preparing for future contact right now? Is there anything people can be doing? Um, Meditate. Look, that's a really good question. <laughs> and the only thing I can really say is, is that basically people need to meditate. And mm -hmm. I think anyone that does meditate realises the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> you say to people, oh, you need to meditate. And they, they go, oh, I tried that one day. It just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, and I understand why people would say that. But meditation is a practice. It's not something that you just do once or for a week and then give up. Yep, it's day in, day out, year yeah. in, year out. Year in, year out, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be, the, um, be, the beings that have our best interests at heart um, can't access anybody if they're in a heightened, chaotic state yeah. of human existence unless we humanity learns to calm down ground and relax and clear their mind and find stillness uh, there will be no contact for that particular person yeah. on an individual basis yeah. and, and the other thing is that we can't expect so imagine that somebody takes a psychotropic drug mm -hmm. to, to meet an extraterrestrial well what is the potential of that person to continually meet that extraterrestrial if they're totally reliant on whatever it is that they're using to get them to that state. And how can it be relied upon anyway? And how yeah. can it be relied upon? So mm. this is why I think that we, we always point out to people, look, you've got everything that you, you need in you. you. You are consciousness. And once you start to understand that and work with it, you don't need any technology. You don't need any substances. You don't need anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we need to stop being human doings and start being human beings. Um, well, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, we're we're very busy, and it's taking takes away a lot of time from us to be able to meditate in stillness yep. and just live in the present. And I think uh, I, I hope the future does give us the opportunity to have more stillness and and we uh, and meditate and and uh, yeah, move forward with communication. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you for for the interview. That's been uh, really good. Another great interview. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you could finish on uh, maybe reminding, reminding people how they can reach you and what you'd be up to. Me? You. Okay. <laughs> um, so we've got a website, the Zeta Connection. Um, mm -hmm. All of our stuff's on there. We also run the uh, Zeta Connection on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we do a weekly show on there. Yeah. Um, and we disseminate as much information as we can. We work with a lot of experiences. And so now the Zeta perspective is what we run as a show on YouTube, on our channel, and in Rebellious Ufology. Yeah. 
And a lot of uh, people come on and ask questions about their own experiences. Yeah, anyone's and so, welcome to. And everybody's come on welcome and to come on questions. and ask questions. Yeah. And if we don't know the answer, we don't know the answer. That's that's all there is to it. Lovely. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, if you uh, maybe we'll speak again another day soon. Yeah. We'll do. No problem. Thank, thank you, you very much.